Welcome, friends, to the Life on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Amy Debrick, and I have some exciting news to share with all of you. My first book, Embolden, will be releasing on April 24th and is now available for presale at barnesandnoble.com and Amazon. My Emboldened book kind of encapsulates the message we're promoting here on the Life on Purpose podcast this year by using our experiences as an opportunity to either be emboldened or to embolden others. I co-wrote this book with my oldest daughter, Blair, and our hope was that women could find the strength and courage to do that after reading this encouragement journal. And as we keep moving ahead in 2021, I want to remind you that it is only with intention that we make things happen in our life. And with that, I'm happy to keep sharing incredible women with you and what they are doing to embolden their lives and those around them. As always, I hope you find these conversations inspiring and encouraging to know that no matter what your age or circumstance, you have the power and choice to make a difference and to be emboldened. To learn more about how to get a copy of Emboldened, just visit my website at amydebrick.com and get all the latest news and information there. I hope you enjoy these stories and I look forward to talking to you soon. This morning on the Life on Purpose podcast, we have Caitlin Crosby. Caitlin is the founder of The Giving Keys, which if you're not familiar, is a jewelry company with the mission of helping its employees transition out of homelessness. I love that. Um, She's also the uh, author of Every Word Matters, which I have right here. And you are the key and is the co-host of the Real Good Company podcast. So welcome, Caitlin. It is an honor to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Gosh, it's my pleasure. I mean, this book, I just want to say, we're going to talk about this a lot throughout, but is stunning. It's not just beautiful on the outside, but just everything you've got inside. I mean, in addition to just the words and breaking them down and, and inspiration, I mean, the, the images are beautiful. It's in and of itself, just something that you want to get your hands on every day as a feel good. I mean, it's, it's that great. It looks, it's a nice next to the bed book, coffee table book. It creates a nice little ambiance. <laughs> yes, it really does. It really does. So it kind of hit all the marks. Well, before we totally dive in on the book and your whole mission, can you just give the listeners a little bit of background story um, in addition to obviously the giving keys, but how, where you grew up and your whole behind the scenes? Yeah. Yeah. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, um, which is pretty rare. I feel like people that I meet that are out here, they're like, well, I've never met one of you before. Um, so, and my parents are in entertainment and I grew up doing music and acting and all that jazz. And then, um, yeah, I was on tour and I always loved writing songs about issues that I was passionate about. And, um, and I had a website called loveyourflaws.com with Brie Larson about body image issues and all that. And I was so passionate about that. And my first book, I mean, sorry, um, my first album a hundred years ago was called Flaws. And it was, I think growing up in LA, I needed, that was like a way for myself to give myself therapy um, from growing up here my whole life. And um, and then I, I started making these keys. I found this one old key in New York it was a hotel room key. And I was at a locksmith and I was like, oh, can you engrave love your flaws on this key? And I saw all these old used keys on the side. And I said, oh, while you're at it, can you engrave hope, love, faith, dream, believe? So we did and I started making them and selling them on tour. And then they started selling out more than my CDs and took over my life. So yeah. 
That's incredible though. I love that story. I read that in the forward of your book, you know, about getting the key and even the fact that, I mean, how rare is that to get a hotel key, right? Yeah. It's always a swipe card. Yes, exactly. So such a God thing, I think right, right from the beginning with that. Exactly. Exactly. I love and that. I knew there was something special about these words and these keys because how many people were buying them. And so came up with this pat, pass it on, pay it forward concept, get a word that you need. Um, and then pass it on to someone you feel needs it more than you, and then tell them to pass it on to someone who needs it more than them. Um, so people started writing me on MySpace at the time, which dates it. It really is the OG, OG, <laughs> of, uh, and it was 13 years ago. And um, now there's thousands and thousands of stories of the keys being passed all over the world. And I knew that I wanted the money to go to some sort of charity. And so I met this one young couple on the street. They were um, living in a dumpster and a cardboard box and fell in love with them, took them to dinner. And I had my aha moment. I said, oh wait, I should pay you guys to engrave the keys instead of the locksmith I was paying. Mm -hmm. So then little by little, um, yeah, I started paying them to, I bought the engraving equipment and hammers and gave it to them. And then um, they started saving up enough money to get their own apartment and and then fast forward to, we've been able to employ over 140 people that are trying to transition out of homelessness. Um, yeah. Wow. That is amazing, Caitlin. That is, that is so incredible. I love that. I love that. Just from the start of one key, right? Just your, you know, having a passion on your heart, feeling like you have a mission and, and there it is. I mean, could you have ever dreamt that up? Yeah, no, no, so random. You know, I mean, yeah, but just a beautiful, beautiful story. Well, I want to dig in here on the book because I think it is so important, especially, and I hate to say this, I'm not ruling out men, but especially for women and, you know, especially too, if you are a mom, I mean, you don't have to be a mom to have a chaotic and crazy morning, but we all know, I mean, I'm a mom of four, you're a mom of two mornings can be tough. So you talk about mornings and mental health, which I love because I do believe that the things, two things go hand in hand and how you start your day. What are you putting out there first for yourself to, you know, um, approach, you know, your morning, your, whether it's your career or your children mindful, you know, we kind of can quickly, uh, move through the motions, go through the motions in a chaotic way because we, we, we're caught off guard. We haven't taken the intentional steps. And so you talk all about that. So tell me a little bit about your morning routine and what you kind of do to prioritize your mental health and start your day with purpose. Yeah. Right now, because I'm spending a lot of time with the kids by myself, I've had to be creative and I don't, you know, have a, a, a partner with me to be able to help, you know, do something so then I can shower or brush my teeth or eat or, you know, get dressed, whatever, all the just normal basic things, much less like get my mind in a good, healthy space. Um, um, and, and also my kids have been waking up at 530 in the morning or sometimes five. So I'm like, I cannot set my alarm for 4.30. I just can't, I can't do it. It's like, it's so dark and I need to sleep. And then a lot of them, they're, they're sharing a room for the first time. So they're waking each other up all night long. And it's just, I'm like a zombie. So I had, so I'm like, I can't do that. So I, so, um, I know this, a lot of people would be against this, but I don't really care because it, it's, it, sometimes you just have to do what you have to do. Right. Um, so now what we've been doing 
is when they get up at 5.30, I will put on PBS Daniel Tiger, um, the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood situation um, for like 30 minutes. And I will make my coffee. And um, so, and then I will um, do a devotional. I have my favorite um, right now I've been listening to is that Judas Smith, it's called Church Home app and they do these um, guided prayers mm-hmm. and they're just five, they're just six minutes long. And every day, it's just a great way to just get my head on straight and be in a prayerful, open, get my, yeah, just, it's kind of like, you know, putting your oxygen mask on first before you can put it on anyone else. And then I'll, I have a, even in my book, I have a little journal prompts. And so I'll read through some of those and make a priority list for the day. Um, you know, I'll say the serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, uh, the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Um, yeah. And so just, you know, and maybe if I'm lucky, I'll jump in the shower. Um, (laughs) but, but that usually doesn't happen. I try, I have to do that. Usually I'll do that at night after they go to sleep, but, um, but, but I'll get dressed, which is great. And then, you know, maybe brush my teeth. So I just have to get my head on straight before I feel like I can um, go be there for them and be, you know, a good mom. So it doesn't take long sometimes. And, and you know, sometimes because my little one is so young, she's not even two yet. Sometimes all I get is five minutes. And so all I'll, I'll just first do that morning devotional on the app, the church home app, the five, six minutes long one. And sometimes that's all I, I can do and that's fine. Cause then she'll come in and want to be with me and that's fine. Cause she doesn't really like watching TV very long. So yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Well, and I think that the important couple important things that you point out is it doesn't have to be this lengthy. I think a lot of times people get tripped up with, oh my gosh, I can't really devote, you know, give myself any time in the morning because there isn't enough time, but yeah. it can be done in five minutes. Really it can fun. be just a, you know, reading uh, two lines of scripture, it could be doing a devotional, could be listening to three minutes of a podcast, whatever the case is. And listen, I don't know any mom that has kids that's really putting out that much guilt shame. I mean, we do what you've got to do, okay? I don't care if you have one or if you have 10, you do what you have to do. And uh, we did the same thing. We would actually, if one would get up, because we would never have all four sleep in at the same time. We never had sleep in kids. That was my brother's kids. It was like a running. <laughs> We'd go on vacation. They'd sleep in till like, you know, nine 30, 10 o'clock. We were like, what? You know, my daughter was up six 30, 7 AM, like clockwork. It didn't matter if she was up till midnight or we yeah. put her to bed at seven 30. So right. we were like, well, heck we're putting her to bed at seven 30. Yeah, exactly. out. I mean, you know, just to have our, our time. So you take it when you can get it, but you know, that's just, that's just the way it goes. But I love that. And I think that it's really important to take those five minutes and it makes a huge difference. Seriously. And yeah. I think the priority list too, writing down your priority list. Um, you know, you know, I always, I'm trying to put my kids first and just knowing whatever decisions I make that day, whether it's, you know, needing to figure out a preschool situation or a business situation or, I mean, there's always, yeah, making those lists. Oh, that is helpful for sure. Yeah. I'm a I forget, okay, there's so many things that you have to do. And that, that if I just get wrapped up into my emails and my calls and I just will forget my priorities and, and looking down at our, the, 
affirmations too. I think it's so easy to let our minds run away, you know, and, and our minds be in control of us instead of us being in control of our minds. And so I think instead of letting the negative self-talk rule us, um, we have to create these new positive beliefs about ourselves. And sometimes the only way we can do that is writing them down, rereading them over and over so we can re-brainwash ourselves um, to undo all the natural, um, you know, negative self-talk that creeps in. Right. I mean, I'm a huge list maker anyway. And I'm, I, to me, there's nothing like seeing something written down. So when you do your affirmations, do you write them down or you just say them aloud or do you do both? Oh, I write them down. I, I feel like I never say them out loud. Maybe I should try that, but I write them down. But here is something I thought was interesting. I was talking to a therapist and she, she had me write something like, I, I think it, it said, I, I live an invigorated life and I deserve to enjoy my life. I deserve to enjoy like play or because I'm like, I never do anything fun, you know, and she, right, so right. she had me write down, I deserve to have fun. I, I was like, wow, that, what a concept. Um, and I deserve, like, I have a, you know, I live, um, I live an invigorated life or something like that. And um, so after we did it, I real and I wrote it down. Um, I realized a whole week went by and I took totally forgot about it. Didn't see it. Didn't look at it. Didn't think about it with 0% in my head. Um, and then when I was going to meet with her again, I was like, oh, I should go back and look at my notes so I can remember kind of like where we left off. And I found these notes of affirmations and I was like, wait a minute, I didn't do this at all. Like I didn't read this one time. And so I realized I have to keep my journal open next to my bed with, so I can actually see it every morning and every night. Otherwise it's out of sight, out of mind. So yes, of course you can make the, um, post-its but I like having the journal open, but yeah, make the post-it, um, put them on your bathroom mirror, put them in your car, whatever you need to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm like with you though. I have to have it out so I can see it. If I don't see it, I'm exact. I'm the same, same way out of sight, out of mind. I, I forgot that I even made it. I mean, I, and I make a list every night for the next day, just so I have an idea of like, okay, what this, what today's going to look like. But I always feel it's, it just feels better for me to be able to check a few things, like see the checklist, you know, what I've checked off that I've actually accomplished to know. And, and that could even be like, like you were saying earlier, like I did my devotional, like five, 10 minutes of alone time or whatever the case may be. I mean, I like to write every, everything that I, I feel like I need to get done, not just work related, but even if it's like, you know, like faith stuff or prayer prayer time or calling a friend. I mean, you know, when you, when you said, when you get caught up in emails, next thing you know, it's like six o'clock and you're like, shoot, I didn't even check in with so-and-so today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that is such a good point. That's yes. And even you saying that, shoot, I didn't check in with so-and-so today. That's something I, I talk about in this book and in my last book as well. Um, in my last book, it was called um, Letting Yourself Fail. The first book, it was choosing something to fail at every day, which was inspired by the woman that I bought, we bought our, um, our house from. She worked for the Ellen show. She was like, you know, super successful working mom. And one day she, she came over to pick up some mail. And I said, how do you do it all? Because she just seemed so, you know, healthy and had it all together. And she's like, oh, she's like, you have to let yourself fail at certain things. She goes, I'm a horrible, I'm a horrible mother. No, no, sorry. She goes, I'm a horrible daughter to my mother. 
And she's like, and I'm a horrible friend because all I have time for is my kids and working, you know, and then going home and seeing my husband kind of, you know, but she's like, I'm, I'm don't, I'm not there for my mom at all. We don't talk. I can't, I, I have no capacity. There's nothing left. And I am a horrible friend. I don't see my friends. I can't be there for them. I just cannot. And that was so interesting to me because yeah, I, I I just thought it was interesting that she kind of let herself, she owned the fact that she is not Wonder Woman and can't fit mm-hmm. it all in. Um, and so in my new book, I have this like should do swap. So making a list of things that you should do and knowing that you just cannot do everything. You're going to drive yourself crazy and go, you know, have all this stress, which leads to disease and, you know, anxiety and all these things that you know, we, we cannot be, we're not, yeah, we're not robots. Like we have, there's only so much a person can, can do and take. Right. Um, the swapping out the, the priorities. Right. Well, we're, we're, I was going to lead in with that. I wanted to talk about a little bit of those should do swaps because I agree with you. You can't do everything. And one of the things that I like about when I have a list is because the things that I didn't accomplish, I circle and I carry them over for the next day. Now I may do that for a week straight, because I just, I, I just know I need it on my radar, but it, it's not, it might not be something that has to be done. Like certain things, you know, like certain things just have to be done on certain days. Like there's just no negotiating that, but the things that I want to get done, I mean, but you can't, there's just so many hours in the day. And especially when you do have things that have to be, you know, taken care of, you have to keep carrying those over, but let's talk about the should do swaps. So give me an example of that. I love that. Well, for instance, so uh, one day I, I realized I needed to move my body because it wasn't moving. Um, I wasn't working out. Um, I was just, you know, driving a lot in the car downtown LA. My butt was feeling numb all the time. And, um, but in the morning, I only had a certain amount of time to see my little boy before I was going to be gone for most of the day. Um, but I also needed to move my body. Cause it, it was like, it reached its limit. It was like, you need to move, <laughs> move me. So one day I, um, took a hot yoga class. This was pre pandemic. Um, when things were open like that. So it was, I took a hot yoga class and I came back and after a hot yoga class, you know, you're soaking wet, sweaty, like not kind of sweaty, like soaking wet. Like you jumped into a pool and then got out of the pool. Right. Um, my hair was wet. I smelt, everything was wet. So then um, I, I came home and I had about 15 minutes that I had to like race and take a shower, brush my teeth, get dressed and, and go to work and race to a meeting. Um, but instead I saw my little boy brave and he was like hanging on my, my leg and was like, mommy, mommy, mommy. And I could tell he like, he needed connection time. And so I swapped out what I quote unquote should have done, which was take a shower. Um, um, and for the priority, which was him in that moment that I felt, and it, and it doesn't need to be that every time, but, you know, trusting your gut in your intuition, like what is the priority right now? And the priority was him. Cause I could tell it was important and not just like a, you know, just a normal toddler thing, but so, yeah. So instead of showering, I just, spent time with him on the floor and played some Legos. And then I went to my office, drove downtown into a, you know, board boardroom meeting, soaking wet, like just completely wet. Cause there was no time, but instead of, 
And that's the beauty in giving yourself grace and saying, I'm going to choose something to fail at every day. And I'm swapping out like what I should do for what's really important because, in, because your perspective changes. And instead of drive, if I didn't have that perspective change, I would be driving downtown soaking wet and smelly thinking like, oh, I'm disgusting. Look how dirty I am. I, I'm not doing self care very well, but no, this was self care. Like this was self care knowing that, yes, I got this in, but I also was there for my son. And I'm also doing self-care by knowing I'm not Wonder Woman robot and I'm going to the office soaking wet and that people will be fine, whatever, you know, like that, that is more self-care than making myself crazy. And, you know, you know, jam trying to also get the the shower in and blow drying my hair and trying to be perfect and showing up all polished and perfect. Like, no, not worth it. Right. Well, because you knew you felt good about, you knew you made the right the right call. And I think there's something to be said for that too. Like you said, trusting your intuition and you know, the, whatever that priority is, even when we were talking about list making and certain things have to get done, um, that changes, doesn't it? Like sometimes minute to minute. I mean, it just because we have something down doesn't necessarily mean, like you said, you, you could sense that your son needed you in those few moments. And again, it wasn't all day, but he needed you in those 15 to 20 minutes. And so that, that was the priority. And so you have to just kind of go with that. And I think the other piece to that, like you said, is then allowing yourself to take it and giving yourself the grace to say, this is what I needed. So not also driving into work, like you said, you know, sweaty and whatever, and feeling bad about it. Like that was the right call for both of you. Yeah. Instead, I felt so empowered. I I remember driving to work with a big smile on my face. Yeah like, wow, like, this is awesome. I feel like proud of myself. Right. Yeah. Because I think that's hard to do. Don't you think? I mean, your natural reaction was to, uh, oh, I got to, you know, putting him on hold and and doing that, which, you know, nope, nobody would have thought that would have been the wrong thing either, but you knew that the priority was different. So I love that. I think that that is so important. One of the things that you also talk about a lot, and especially I feel like it's just throughout this whole book, which I have the book also, by the way. And I said before, it is so pretty. I'm going to be giving one away. Um, I'm keeping this one just because it is so pretty, but um, I, you don't, you'll definitely want to have that bedside or wherever. I mean, it's really, you could pick it up wherever, but one of the things this year we talk a lot about is emboldening. And I feel like your whole message is emboldening others. Um, you talk about paying it forward and um I just want to ask you for someone maybe who's brand new at this or hasn't really figured out how to do that, even for themselves, let alone somebody else, what's a simple way for them to get started to pay it forward? Yeah, it doesn't have to be a huge, uh, a huge monumental act. It can be a small, simple thing. I mean, first and foremost, of course, you need to get a giving key, get a word that you need, but then, you know, keep your eyes open and pass it on to someone who you feel needs it more than you. It can be your best friend. It can be your mom. It can be your sister. It can be a coworker, someone in line, um, someone where you just, when you have that aha moment, like you just, it's kind of like training, training yourself to let your heart feel empathy and like training yourself to let your heart um, be kind of curious about what someone else is going through and feeling and what they might need to get them through that day and that season in their life. Um, so that's number one. Um, also then I would say it's, it, it's still, even if you don't have a giving key, it's just living in with that posture of 
you know, whether you're you're checking out at the grocery store and you're, you're seeing that the lady, you know, who's checking you out seems sad and depressed, like asking her how she's doing or maybe buying her a coffee or like getting like getting some buy some flowers at the grocery store and then give them to her. Um, it can just be little things like that. And then, you know, you'll see how much it'll make someone's day. And then that in turn will make your day. And just, I think you'll both be so beyond filled up. You're right. Praying it for can just be as simple as that. Yeah. Well, I think, like you said, it, you have to be intentional. You have to be, and it's so hard, right? Right now, especially we're so distracted by our phones. I mean, you're in the checkout line with your waiting with your head down in your phone, you're not paying attention. So you're not always seeing everything that really maybe we should be seeing. And so I think that that's a great reminder of, you know, lifting our heads up once in a while and paying attention to that girl at the checkout, you know, instead of looking down at your phone and scrolling through highlight reels, this, this girl or guy or whatever, they may need your attention right in that moment um, or need you to see them right in that moment. So I love that. Well, let's just say before we wrap up here, um, I've been asking everybody this year, what is one way that you have been emboldened by somebody in your life? I mean, you've accomplished a lot, Caitlin, but what is there one like person or one um, just experience that you had that really emboldened you? Well, I, at first I would love to ask, cause I saw when I was reading the, the brief for today and I saw that word, I was like, wow, I never see that word. I didn't even know exactly what it meant. So I kind of first wanted to hear what does that word mean mean to you? So then I can answer it, it better. But, well, yeah. to, uh, to me, it means to really just give someone the courage and confidence to act or behave in a certain way. So for, uh, for me, it was like your whole everything really encapsulates the word emboldened you know, because not only what you're doing, but what you're encouraging others to do, what you're trying to, like you said, almost reteach, retrain yourself to think more empathetic to more of an other centered approach. And so I think you can't really give somebody the courage and confidence if you don't have it first, or you've experienced something that has prompted you to want to say, you know, I want you to feel the same way. Yeah, sure. I mean, honestly, for me right now, it's having the most incredible girlfriends. It's not one particular person. Um, I, I'd say one of my friends, Jen, she's um, a life coach. She got her master's in psychology. So it is, is always helpful to have a friend like that. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, she's been helping me through and also, well, and just for you guys that don't know, I've just went through a separation and that's been really, really, really hard learning to be a single mother. And so, um, I think she, yeah, her and then my other best friend, Virginia, she also just seeing how much Virginia, Virginia's heart has been breaking. Like Virginia has cried for me multiple times and she's always checking in on me. And then her husband, you know, they'll come and bring me soup and help you know, we'll meet at the park and her husband, Johnny will help kind of carry one of my children into the car and, you know, carry all the things. And, um, and then my sister-in-law, Kenda, we just met up yesterday and she was like, this is what I think you should do. And da, 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 as far as this and custody and this and that, and, you know, I, I think, you know, just so many people right now have been com coming all around me. And it's just really important to have those really wise, solid people around you. And then another one of my best girlfriends, she got her master's um, at Oxford. I host my podcast with her 
real good company and she's so wise and I feel like she has the emotional emotional intelligence uh, you know far beyond anyone else I've I've met in our age range and um so really asking her advice like what do you think I should do about this this and this right now and just really let like I'm really taking their wisdom seriously people that know me know the situation that I really respect so that has been um humbling for sure and yeah I'm really grateful for that yeah well you are doing amazing things to embolden other women whether you outwardly recognize it or not but just these books and all the work that you do and just your message I feel like is that is where strength begins. And I feel like, especially for young women um, who I feel like, you know, begin struggling at those early, like mid, you know, early to mid twenties where they're, they're unsure and insecure, you know, whether they're finishing, starting a career or don't know what direction to go in or trying to meet somebody. And so I think that your messages are just so powerful. So I'm grateful um, to have you on today and to share your, your new book and message. And like I said, I'm going to be giving a copy of this away. You guys aren't going to want to miss it, but um, thank you so much, Caitlin, for giving a part of your day. Nice to meet you. Well, that's it for us today. If you want some additional encouragement and resources, please go to my website at amydebrick.com. I look forward to having you meet me back here next week so we can move ahead with your next steps, feeling more confident and hopeful. In the meantime, don't forget to live your life on purpose. Have a wonderful weekend and God bless.